What's up, modern recordists? We are taking some time to rerun a few of the most popular episodes of this podcast in order to take a break from producing new episodes and create a little space to work on some behind-the-scenes stuff and let uh, me get to a couple of other ongoing projects that I have in the pipeline. So for the rest of this month and part of next month, you get to check out some of the most popular episodes of The Modern Recordist that you may have missed or that you've already listened to, um, perhaps if you've listened to every episode, something that I acknowledge you for and uh, express much gratitude for. Um, If that's the case, you can use these next few weeks to listen uh, to stuff for a second time and perhaps catch something that that didn't quite land for you the first time. I want to uh, quickly take a second to urge you to get subscribed and stay subscribed to The Modern Recordist. The two main ways to do that are, one, by going to my website at johnstenson.com. That's J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N. There's no H in John. johnstenson.com. And uh, put your email in the form on the front page. In addition to making sure that you never miss an episode of The Modern Recordist, I'll also send you stuff on recording, mixing, producing, songwriting, and uh, creative flow from time to time. But if you're more of an iTunes person, we have you covered there too. Fire up your podcasting app or open up iTunes on your desktop or laptop, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap that little subscribe button. While on iTunes, make sure you take a quick second to leave a rating and review. Good and honest ratings and reviews let other people know how much value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist, and it helps us to continue to bring on great guests and uh, generally promote the show. And while uh, mentioning show promotion, go ahead and share this podcast with a friend or three. If you're getting something out of listening to The Modern Recordist and you know some friends that would uh, appreciate this podcast as well, go ahead and drop a link in a text message or an email or some type of social media post and let everyone you know how much you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist. Okay, this week... We are doing a rerun of the first part of episode five. This episode is one of the most popular episodes of The Modern Recordist to date, and it features producer, engineer, songwriter, and uh, my personal friend, Ben Bishop. Uh, to catch the full episode, jump over to johnstenson.com blog and search for Ben Bishop. You should see episode five at the top of your results. Or, of course, you can also find it in your podcast or iTunes feed as well at episode five there. Okay, friends, let's get into it. Please enjoy this rerun of the first half of episode five with Ben Bishop. came into Nashville not really knowing what I was going to be focusing on. And I do this singer-songwriter thing, the artist thing, but just like everybody else uh, in town. Um, but I really just got into production kind of right when I was moving to Nashville. And, and that's uh, about four years ago is when I moved here and decided that I think that was my path. I mean, I, right. I really like songwriting and I, I do quite a bit of it. Um, but um, producing is my main job. Um, right on. 
And I started with, uh, even before I moved to Nashville, I kind of wanted to see, is this a viable career path to, unless you, because I didn't have any contacts in the industry. I kind of came yeah, yeah. to Nashville not knowing anybody. And um, so I was kind of. And when was, when was that? That was like November of 2011. Okay. So, and, the, where, and where'd you come from? Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Um, and there's just not like a great music scene there. I mean, there's yeah. some great musicians and stuff, but just like the the community there is not quite sure. as, as it is here. Sure. You know what I mean? So um, uh, when I came to town, I was trying to figure out kind of what my deal was here. And uh, I realized that there's a quite a bit of work. Even before I knew anybody here, I was trying to find work online. Like, because uh-huh. I mean, that's, and that's something that's fairly recent, only the past like, 10, I'd say five, 10 years, like you'd be able to like sure. freelance oh, yeah. doing work from Absolutely. It, you could live anywhere doing that too. You yeah. don't have to be in Nashville. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, actually I, 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 there's a gig that I do, um, in a studio that's, it's all that it's all remote. It's oh, all is it really? like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Like we'll have usually three cities going at once, like Nashville with me and the musicians the producer will be like either in California or New York or something it usually goes back and forth. Right. Uh, but he's, pretty much never in Nashville. And then, uh, and then there will be like a client, like a songwriter guy or somebody Mm -hmm. that, uh, is, could be anywhere. It could be, you know, some it's, there's been, we've had where it's been in China, you know, or like, you know, there's a, there's a guy that we work with regularly that's out of Scotland anyway. So are you doing that via like ISDN or, or how does that work? Um, it is, um, over a lot it's like we use Skype, we use another, um, it's really just, it's really just over, uh, a standard, pretty much a standard, uh, Comcast, uh, internet account. Oh, okay. And I don't know if the, if the studio owner slash producer, um, if he has set up some kind of, you know, premium account or something right. with Comcast, I imagine possibly, but I mean, we really use just kind of like a lot of consumer sure i guess if stuff. all the musicians are in the same spot yeah. that's okay you don't have to worry about latency right. or anything you can kind yeah, of just... there is, yeah and so there is latency but right. it's latency to it's not inner like in between musicians exactly, yeah, yeah. We so throw off the, right there's like a half second between the bases and, and the it drummer. is it does get a little <laughs> bit weird sometimes when we're like you know you might have like a singer or somebody on the microphone right and they'll be like getting production uh whatever, like guidance from, right, sure. from somebody. Sure. And then, so they'll say something and they'll like be communicating like the, uh, um, the singer will say something and it'll take like five or six seconds before okay. anybody else hears. So it's just like, sometimes it's some like, awkward silence. Yeah. It's a weird thing, you know, <laughs> sure. but, uh, that's, yeah, that's the gig. But anyway, I interrupted you. It's just like, oh, no, you know, weird. you were saying like a lot of the online stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, th- that's the ironic thing. Like yeah. I moved to town and um, you know, you move to a city that's known for its musicians and, and its music and its opportunities in the industry. And I think my, my mistake when I moved here was I focused way too much on like just trying to make ends meet and make money taking any project I could possibly sure. take online when I started out. So I was doing a lot of remote work and it's sure. like, that's great, but like, I'm, am I missing out on all the opportunities that are just people around me? Right. You know what I mean? Like, there were so many people that I could have been working with my first, like, year in town mm-hmm. that, like, I was just so focused on the remote work right. that I was getting. Um, and some of that was good. Some of that, I think, was getting all that work coming in helped me get my chops up. Because sure. up until that point, I'd only really been producing. Um, I mean, I, I played in bands growing up, and, like, I was always the one to kind of record people. But it yeah. was, I wasn't taking it very seriously. Right. I didn't consider myself a producer until mm-hmm. maybe, like only about five years ago. Um, so I feel like that helped me 
get my chops up as a producer, you know, just kind of working on just random things for all different music genres, whatever it was, whether it was mixing, whether it was playing instruments, doing background vocals mm-hmm. for people. Um, so that was fun. That was that part was cool. Always having a constant stream of like interesting, like unique work coming in. Right. Um, and I, th- I think that's important to kind of when you're starting out. But at a certain point, you have to realize it's like, is this what you want to be doing? Right. Yeah, is this like totally. ideal for you? And like yeah. so I look back and I mean, it's, I worked on some cool projects and stuff, but nothing that. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing that uh, I was like super proud of that I felt was like this is what like this is a representation of me, you know? Yeah, and you have to go. Um, you have to be intentional and know what you want right. to do. Like you have to know what your direction's going to be, you know? And sure. so. Yeah, like you're saying, there's a starting point to things, but you but you have to always be focused on where you want to go right. and be moving towards that mm-hmm. and always constantly evaluating, am I going there right now? Am I headed in that right direction? Yeah. And like always, always be committed to ne- just checking in on that and making right. sure like, you know. For sure. And, and a lot of people don't. Um, a lot of people don't uh, necessarily do that. They kind mm-hmm. of, you know, end up falling. It. That's just JD. He said he'd be stopping hey. by. Um, yeah, you're good, man. Uh, um, <laughs> he, he's stopping through for picking up some things real quick. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, but you know, at the same time, I feel like if I were to get the opportunities that I've I've gotten the last year and like got in front of the people and been working with the people, like if I did that too early in my career before I had all that practice time, like I might've screwed something up. So I'm kind of grateful for all that yeah. time I had. Like I view it as like just, you know, rehearsal time, sure. audition I mean, time, yeah. practice time. Yeah. Um, cause, cause now I, I feel like I'm, I'm thicker skin too. Yeah. It's like, I worked with some really difficult clients, uh, during that period of my, my career. And like that got me just forget about all the technical stuff, just like interpersonally yep. how to deal with people. Yep. And now I feel like I'm at a point where like yep. I can work with people in a, in a really like positive positive way right. without any, trying to like like let go of any sort of ego issues that right. I'm, that may have sprung up earlier on in right. my career. So I'm kind of grateful that like I, the the opportunities I have of now course. didn't I didn't get offered them too early on, you know, cuz like right. some, something bad might have happened. Uh, of course. I mean, you know, you've got to start somewhere, you know, and um but yeah, I you know, I do uh it's like to acknowledge that uh, cuz people do get stuck in a they'll find their thing and go and they just kind of um, almost um, you can get comfortable, like yeah. if, if you can make enough money doing doing those projects, right? I mean, and then you kind of like let sort of limiting beliefs go, and, and before you know, it's like, well, I've made this career out of whatever it is. I mean, that happens all the time with like even people just not even in the right career path at all, let sure. alone being like in the arena that you want to be in, but right. not really, you know, it could be making radio jingles all the time when really you got into the business because you wanted to make these you know, some great rock records or something like, you know, so, um, and that's exactly it. I got excited that I was able to make a living off of music and I was like, this is so cool. I'm like really happy that I'm able to do this. But then you realize it's like, it's not, I didn't choose to kind of pack my things in my car and move to Nashville to, to do these particular types of projects just to make money. Like I could have made money in other fields or hopefully made money in other fields. So let me, you, you, you choose to do music because you want to do work on projects you love, right? Sure. And so like, they can't all be a hundred percent the absolute best projects you can ever work on, but like you can at least strive for that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like it makes me think of that Steve Jobs quote where he's talking about, 
he goes something I don't, I, I don't know for verbatim, but it was something to the effect of like you know he would wake up in the morning every day, look in the mirror, ask himself, "Am I doing what I yeah. want to do?" You know, and if there's too many days in a row where I'm saying no, right. then I stop and I figure out what's Change going something. on. Yeah. yeah. Or like yeah. you, I think was it uh, excited for waking up and being excited to start yeah. the day, and yeah. like to do what you're about to do. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is is a definitely a good thought exercise yeah. too. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And I, you know, I acknowledge you for because a lot of people it takes courage to do that. It takes discipline to always check in on that and just mm-hmm. make sure am I am I following through on like you know my promise to myself exactly what I really want to be doing because otherwise. You know, there's a day of reckoning. If you're if you're not doing what you want to be doing and what you're passionate about, sure. Then eventually there's going to be a day of reckoning where you're just not going to Yeah. You're just not going to show up anymore, oh, you totally, know. For sure. So, that's pretty awesome. Um you know, so yeah, I'd love to like unpack that a little bit more. Um Well, for, so from there, like, you know, one of the nice things that came out of doing the remote work is I I did well, I was able to pick a few clients and customers that I was working with um, and musicians that I still work with today. Um, that was just kind of a, you know, just I developed these relationships with people I really got along with stylistically and just interpersonally. And, you know, we start working together on a regular basis, which is great. Um, and then also through a freelancing website, I, uh, it was the Elance. You're familiar with Elance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a gig working for the, the the voice app. Cool, and that was probably. I mean, that's 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 been going on for about a year and a half now, um, which I was super pumped to get. And they were just looking for someone to work on productions for uh, their iPhone app, which is kind of like one of those um, karaoke type of things mm-hmm. where you like find uh, your favorite song and mm-hmm. it starts playing the background track and like the uh, the background vocals and the words come up. And they've actually licensed and Terry's Auto Tune for okay. so you record your voice. And then it plays you back over huh. the song, and you're all auto-tuned, and you okay. sound, sound good, I so guess. So they've got some auto-tuned <laughs> technology in their app. In their app, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a project that I've been working on. I, I basically just recreate the songs. Yeah. Um, and I've actually started hiring some other producers in Nashville to help me out with that. Cool. Because they've started sending, you know, about five songs a week, and, like, I've got to do, uh, uh, like, what's that What's that new Jason Derulo song? It's the one that's like all over the radio. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. it's like it's really cool. And and so like, try it keeps you current too. Sure. Yeah. It's like, because um, sometimes I'm doing the vocals as well, um, depending on the style and, and what they're looking for. So I not only keep my vocal like style stylings warmed up by like knowing what's current yeah. and, and but also just production chops too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You're keeping this is yeah. You've got a lot of stuff. Um. You know that uh, you're keeping your chops up, and that's great. You know, it's it's awesome to like have your musician uh, chops up, keep up all the time in production work. I mean, after all, we're help we're supporting people as they create music, right? So it's sure. it's about it's about creating music. So yeah. always having those chops up um, to um, just just always have those musical ideas and make musical decisions, you know. Right, um, for sure. You know, so that's that's important. I think, you know, lately that's been kind of where I'm at. Like I came, uh, you know, I was musical. I, I started from a musical place, but I spent a lot of time in the engineering, you know, the last, the last little while has been, uh, kind of like a lot of focus on engineering. And so like, that's been kind of my thing lately is mm-hmm. thinking about it and, um, in a way of, uh, of just kind of shifting into just 
all like much more focused on just me being musical, you right. know. And, and I think there's I've been wearing a lot of hats the mm -hmm. last like you know for me it's been about um sort of this place in my mind where I produce, I engineer, I mix, I do all three, and I still like that. Um, but you know, it's kind of been a place in my mind where I uh, uh, sort of almost almost needed to do all three. Like I sure. needed to do it. Like that's what kind of allowed me to make decisions or understand like, I don't know. It's like all the, all three of those things kind of like were molded into like sort of one big right. mentality for me, you know? Sure. And so, um, and like you were saying, like the, the engineering side of things, I feel like, uh, you, you learn that first and then you almost, you don't forget it, but you let it go into a subconscious sure. type of thing. And so you can focus on the musical creative side of, mm -hmm. of, that, of that aspect of it. So that when, you have to make a decision about oh I need the vocals to sound like more warmer or whatever yeah. or brighter yeah like you you aren't even necessarily like obsessing about what piece of gear to go you just mm -hmm. kind of have this like innate feeling right. where it's like oh I need to use the pull tech right that, right right know? sure but you know what's also cool is I think that you know working in music and there's a lot of I think most people do like that work in music in some way or another like as far as studio work at least right. um, are somewhat familiar with maybe they play like something they play maybe right. guitar or drums or something and they play something whether you're an engineer or you're a mm -hmm. producer or whatever which i at least in nashville that's true or like maybe they even program or something but have their hands in the music in like being musical right. even if you're like the technical guy i think it's important because to to allow that to help you sort of like you make decisions from that place even if you're like the technical guy, even if you're plugging in, right. you know, like his microphone choices and like, um, and different compressors or EQs or sure. whatever, you know, if you're thinking from kind of a musical place, it's an interesting way to approach that. It kind of let, like, like you were saying, the scientific part of it, you, you, you get attuned to it. Right? right. But then just kind of let it, let it sort of become second nature Definitely. and then, and then always allow like the music to, um, Totally. guide your decision making even if it is a technical decision right. you know it's an interesting thing to kind of just because it's it's almost like setting up the scenery mm -hmm. building the set or one something you know and you're allowing what the actual scene and the content of the scene and the emotion of the scene help you understand something in that realm to set it up and like let it speak a certain way yeah. you know for sure. So it's all kind of an esoteric kind of thing, but you know, once you're, I just think it's important. Oh, it's you know, totally helpful, it's like, like to know an instrument if you're, even if you're not like focusing on that as your, if you're yeah. an engineer or something. Because you know, it could be like sometimes you know an engineering decision comes down to like, well, this person's playing this particular way, like they've they have this particular approach to playing this song, and it has, it, so the performance lends to maybe it's it's more soft and mellow. So I'm gonna choose, you know, I'm gonna make technical decisions based on that or like this song's kind of hard and rough there's a lot of transients so to make these other technical decisions based on that and it's sure. like about the performance mm -hmm. you know you might make a decision to kind of like balance that stuff out from a right. technical standpoint or you might make a decision to go i'm gonna do something to like accentuate it even harder right because the vibe of this piece so you end up making like you know, technical decisions yeah, based on from a musical standpoint. For that's sure. important. I think that, yeah, so, like, that's awesome. Like, anytime people are, like, keeping up, it, it's hard because, like, you want to kind of wear a lot of hats, you know, and I think it's important yeah. to do to keep those chops up. And I was thinking as you were talking, like, I also 
really enjoy, even though I think it is important for people who um, don't consider themselves musicians to at least like learn instrument. I really like working with people who are very engineering focused because that's not my focus. Yeah. I'm not coming at it from an, an engineering perspective. Um, and I, I like people with complementary skills that maybe right. don't even pl- like, you know what I mean? Like if you're working with somebody who's like your producer and, and the engineer is also like a, you're a guitarist and the engineer's a guitarist and like the artist plays guitar. Yeah. Like, there's just going to be like so many people just yeah. with ideas and like it's going to get be like yeah. too many cooks type of thing. Sure. But I mean, if you have somebody like some of the engineers I like working with that have like a lot of knowledge and experience with like microphone selection, which is something that I don't have a ton of experience with. Um, or, you know, preamp selection, that sort of, all this stuff that like, I don't necessarily, I like finding people who are like the exact opposite of me sure. to work with. And then yeah. hopefully we can kind of get like this well-rounded, yeah. like, like complimentary yeah. sound to it, you know? So we fill in each other's gaps basically. Right. Yeah. That's like. cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, so that's cool, man. Like, you know, the, um, the way I was thinking about the way that we crossed paths was in that musical, um, we crossed paths originally, the musical house party, or, wasn't it? Or yeah. There was some kind of house show or something. And, uh, that, that my, my, a friend of mine was putting on and, uh, I was doing sound, which I don't ever do live sound. That's not really my thing, but, mm-hmm. um, but I was helping them out. Um, for this series of shows, yeah. but yeah, you guys came in and played. Yeah, it was the first yeah. band I was in when I when I joined Nashville. Okay, it was, uh, just a female fronted when, rock, pop rock. When band. you joined Nashville, like is that what I said? Yeah, joined yeah. Na- <laughs> first band I joined when I moved to Nashville. <laughs> well, it's kind of like joining, right? It's like a yeah. big just team of musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was cool. So um, yeah, and um, but it's just been cool to get to know you. And I've know, randomly like, seen you just around Nashville so many well, times. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, just being in the music scene and yeah. stuff, and then we're also like minded because um, you know farmers markets and that kind of That's lifestyle right. and all that kind of stuff i forgot so, yeah you came to yeah. the farmers market that I yeah was yeah at yeah at one time yeah it's cool. um, yeah no i'm totally into other than music i'm obsessed with like growing food yeah and i, I finally have some i was in an apartment for when i moved to nashville and green hills okay um, and now that i have a house with a front yard and a backyard um i'm i have it all planted out with like fruit trees and perennial vegetables and like berries and all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, not, I mean, I get a decent amount of food right now, but I think depending on how long I'm there for every, each year, I'm just, it's just going to get more and more. Sure. That's which, cool, man. I so, want to get to that place. I'm yeah. not in a place right now where I, um, I'm, I'm doing that, but I have intention to like, you know, to grow stuff. I had a yeah. lot of friends who grow stuff. I actually seen some of, um, like on online, some pictures you posted. Oh, yeah, stuff, yeah. So it's, it's cool. <laughs> I'm yeah. proud of it. Yeah, man. That's awesome. They should be proud of it. That's well, good. That's cool. I've, I made a friend with, um, a guy uh, is a producer, mixing engineer. His name's Dustin Burnett. Do you know who he is? Um, mm-hmm. He, he. Are you familiar with the That Sound project? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. He's the guy. He's one of the guys behind it. Him okay. And, uh, and Ben Phillips, um, but I think it's mainly Dustin's baby. Uh, and so he, so we were friends on Facebook. But we have a couple of mutual friends, and he was posting all these like gardening pictures, and uh-huh. uh, he's he's got the same bug I've got. So like we yeah. we can bond over that. And um, also I was I was working on the sample library for a while, so I was like bugging him for help, yeah. help with that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just kind of funny that to find other people in the music industry that have the same yeah. like auxiliary passions yeah. as, as you do. Yeah. And some, it's, it's a way you can kind of just like, like learn from people. Yeah. Like, uh, a shoe with, what do you call it? Foot in the door. So right. Can, like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can talk to them and ask yeah. questions. Yeah, man. It's so. a cool, there's a, there's a cool thing going on. Nashville's a great spot for that community, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I think a lot of, a lot of folks don't. I think a lot of folks may be kind of surprised, you know, because they think of the South and like Southern, like just like barbecue, Southern food and whatever, yeah. and not necessarily like, you know, farmers markets and all that stuff. I might be wrong about that, but like, that's kind of what I feel like people think about and like, but, 
there's a very um, there's a very tight knit community of people oh, yeah. who are dedicated to that, like kind of sustainable living and like growing their own food now. A big movement of that, like mm-hmm. some of the best farmers markets here. You know, there's that there's yeah there's like three or four. And um, some great farms around here, and I pretty much get all. Um, I'm very passionate. That's something I'm very passionate about. That's is great. you know the um, high quality nutrient dense food mm-hmm. from local farmers, all that kind of stuff. You know, and um, sort of that nutritional lifestyle. Oh, sure. So you know, yeah, yeah it's, an, it's an exciting place just in general for like just all different sorts of movements, whether it's yeah. social justice, whether I know. it's food justice yeah. whether it's music yeah just, everything's moving so fast i know today. nashville is so growing like it's it's booming so much and like people i keep hearing different um i keep hearing different uh people are saying like there's a number of like how many people are moving here I was per week the same or something thing, yeah <laughs> I, you know i hear different ones but they're always kind of like you know i've heard like 300 people per week or something like that which um i don't know in some some towns maybe that's not as but like i think that's that's pretty significant for, right. you know, when, when you look at just throughout the whole nation or whatever, what's going on. But, um, and that may or may not be right. I haven't verified that number right. or something. It's Some, a lot. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard more than that too, like a thousand people per week, but I don't know that that's true, but yeah, it's just a place to be, man. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of different things going sure. on here. A lot of like new growth and a mm-hmm. lot of new ideas coming in. It's a really inspiring place to be, right? you know? So it was always kind of my Mecca, like in college, I had a friend who, who convinced me to move to, to Nashville, but I was in college at the time and I realized I kind of, for some reason I felt like I really needed to finish it. Like, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't doing music, I wasn't and you doing, were in college up in, in Connecticut. In Connecticut yeah. Okay. I was doing communications and music, um, kind of as more of like a music minor actually. So I was and able to, like, I was, I could take like all the, what was nice. Cause I could take all the classes that I wanted and none of the classes that I wasn't interested in. Uh, yeah. Right know? on. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, if I could go back, I would totally like go find a better music school and 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 do like um, music business probably. Okay. Uh, so what were you? What was your th- thinking when you were in college and like what you were kind of going for then? Was it not? I mean, it sounds like you weren't thinking like, oh, I'm going to go down to Nashville and do this thing. You had sort of maybe a different right. Well, I mean, that was always in the back of my mind because because yeah. when I got to college, uh, my friend who was one year below me had auditioned to go to Belmont and got in, and he was. Uh, every t- every chance we talked on the phone, like he would say, "Dude, Belmont's amazing. Nashville's amazing. You have to come down. You'd love it here." Because we were in a band growing up, and and he was trying to support me, doing music. Uh, and it's kind of hard doing that in Connecticut. So it was always in the back of my mind, like, "What if I moved to Nashville? Mm-hmm. What if I what if I did that?" And then um, just for whatever reason, I just never did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and until until I got out of school. Um, and at that point, I was kind of deciding whether or not to go into music or go into nutrition because I was actually okay. I was actually okay. really into nutrition okay. for a while. I took a ton of I was at one point I was taking more nutrition classes than I was taking my major classes. Okay, like I was I had totally checked out of communications. Like, okay, that was like yeah. a mistake. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't even care about this. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But actually, a lot of those classes I, I took, whether it's marketing or PR or all that fun stuff that I didn't like at the time. I'm using now as like someone who's running their own like freelance sure. production. Yeah, business, cool. You know, it's like it's kind of. I think that that th- did kind of help me in the long mm-hmm. run. Um, but at a certain point, you realize like you can, if you want to focus on like a more you know going back to school or, or doing a career versus doing uh, just following your dreams and doing music. You know, if you're, when you're young, do the do the thing that you can only do when you're young. Sure. Right? It's a lot harder to to drop everything and, and pursue you know, uh, a risky, um, business venture in music when you're in your thirties mm-hmm. or, you know, mid thirties or whatever. So I was 20, 24 when I moved down here. Um, was it 24? 
I actually met him in 23. Um, and I figured, you know, this was the perfect time to do it. And mm-hmm. like, I'd been thinking about it for so long. It's like, if you're thinking about doing something for five years and you're not doing mm-hmm. it, like every day you're thinking of doing it, it's like, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Like we yeah. were talking about. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm packing my things and leaving. So you just made it, you just went for it and yeah. made a decision you decided. Yeah. So was it kind of like you had some sort of, it took a minute for you to, to get past maybe some limiting beliefs or something or oh, was yeah. it? I think that's probably a good word for it. Um, I think it was just a, a big life decision of which path I wanted to take because I had different like I had different things I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I love music, but there was a, a point probably six months where I wasn't even working on anything musical, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it took me a while to like get back into the swing of things. Um, but then once once I did, I was like, okay, um, since this is a passion for me and this is not going away, this is something that I love to mm-hmm. do, and, and I've been I have loved to do it for as long as I can remember. This is it's time to actually devote some some big life decisions yeah. to it, you know. So you sat and, down and just sort of had this like yeah. maybe this moment of like, okay, right. this is what I want to do. Like I'm not I haven't been necessarily acknowledging that this is what I want to do. Or, right. Okay. So and, and it's just like your whole life. You sometimes, at least for me, you know, when you're in school, everything's kind of predictable. It's like you you go to the next mm-hmm. grade, then oh, you go to the school that like all your friends go to your your the college that's in state that you were expecting to go to your whole life and it's like you make all these decisions that are you know not too risky and that are just they they follow one after another no big deal and then but then you're trying to decide should I just pack up and move to a different part of the country and mm-hmm. pursue a, yeah. uh, you know music like that's a big decision Absolutely. You, you have to like think about that for a while um so yeah i mean there was there was a lot of deliberation but um yeah. you know i think I mean, I obviously really <laughs> appreciate the the fact that I, I made it and yeah. I think it was the right decision. Yeah, cool. Um, and so I so I moved down and um, I wanted to – part of me wanted to get a, uh, a day job and, and have, you know, say, well, let me, let me get my feet, feet on the ground and, and, you know, have a job ready and then I can, like, focus on, like, maybe transitioning back into music. Mm-hmm. But I talked to some people who, who moved here and, and that said that, like, the people they know that had a backup plan – Stayed with their backup plan, yep. and if you had, and like I had savings because I was living at home and I was working. I worked for two years after college, so mm-hmm. I, I just didn't spend any money. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had some savings saved up, so it was like I could afford to like you know move down here and start working, just doing music and and building my momentum yep. doing that. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of how I how I made the transition. Yeah. Um, and so it, was, it took me. It was like there was a couple months of just like the shock value of like I finally did it. Yeah, I finally yeah, moved yeah, to yeah. Nashville. Yeah, I didn't. I so I kind of didn't realize. I guess I I kind of never realized until just now that like when we first met at that house show that you were like pretty pretty yeah, fresh to Nashville. Less than a year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I I just I never really. Put How long that you been here for? I grew up here actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've always lived here and, but at the same time it's like because. Um, it's changed so much and it's changed rapidly in like the last 10 years and even more rapidly in the last five years. Um, sometimes I'm, I, I, I kind of joke half jokingly saying like, you know, this is not the town that I grew up in. And sometimes mm. it feels like I just showed up, you know, like, oh, right. <laughs> and even now, like, you know, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about like, I can't keep up with all the, like every seemingly every week there's like a new restaurant that opens or some kind yeah. of new something or another. And I'm like, people are going and, and it was it's like 
all of a sudden everybody's talking about it or whatever. Right. And, and I'm, oh, have you heard of this? Oh, you haven't no, been the pilot social? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, sure. you know, so a lot of times I'm just like, I, I, how do you keep up? Luckily, I've got a couple of friends who are just, you know, that's why you have friends, right? Yeah, they can get you out you know, and try, they, try to new places. Between me and my friends, we know everything, right? You know, you it's go. like. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I don't mind all of that. I mean, I think it's exciting to have that, that new, um, New new places to check out and, and new new opportunities to explore. The problem is when it displaces the things that made Nashville cool in the first place. Sometimes like the restaurants, the music, and the that's venues. particularly hard sometimes for me to let go of. Like, hey, you know, the nostalgia of things. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, even like there's some grocery stores and like apothecary shops or whatever that right. these mom and pop things that were like even like there was a even a barber shop that I would go to when I was a kid. And my mom would take me to. None of that's there now. It's right. now it's now turned into a Whole Foods and all that stuff. That's great. And I go yeah. to, you know, I love that. I love the progression. I love like not, I love that Nashville was like, it's a, it's become a really forward thinking town at the same time. You know, I have these nostalgic memories yeah. of my childhood that are just sort of one particular one. Actually there's, um, in uh, Hillsborough village area, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, there was a music, the place that I bought my first guitar ever cotton music. It was a special store to me, you know, sure. and there's this little, they moved, they're still around, but there was some stores, right. storefronts there in this little walkway, and um, those are all gone now, torn down, rebuilt into newer, more modern things. And I was like, it was hard for me to, to sort of like be cool with like that progression in the town, yeah. you know? Sure. Because um, I didn't want to see, you know, those kind of like memories, those places. Like, I remember when when there was this there's this coffee shop, Fido. In town, for those that don't that are um, not familiar with Nashville, but um, the uh, this it used to be a pet store. Oh, that, okay. that store used to be a pet store, and so we would go every um, every Saturday to the Pancake Pantry. Which, by the way, the Pancake Pantry is a, it's the same location, but it's completely different um, place. It it's it used to be just this old freestanding building, right. you know, and. Uh, and uh, so we would go there. We would like with my family, it was my mom, my dad, my sister. We'd go there on every Saturday. Like we'd we'd eat breakfast. We wait in the. I mean, the line was still like it is now. Where it like wraps around the building. Right. Yep. We wait in line, freezing cold. We'd have the pancakes and like have breakfast and everything. And then we would walk down to the pet store and like you know just go through the pet store and all that. Sure. And then like now, I mean, Fido is an incredible coffee shop. Yeah. But it's just like it's just. I mean, I it doesn't remember. have puppies though. Yeah, it doesn't. What was the rabbits for me? I was oh. like, I always go would go in there and beg my dad, "Can I have a rabbit? Can I have a rabbit?" And <laughs> we never got a rabbit. Mm. Then my parents didn't want to mess with the rabbit. I don't blame them. Like yeah, sure, but, um, but it's funny. Um, um, but yeah, I just remember, you know, things like that, man, I remember when this was a pet store, I remember that. I'm so sure it'll happen me soon. I mean, yeah. I've only been here for four years, yeah. but already some things that I'm like, yeah. well, Hey, wasn't that, didn't that used to be this? Yeah. Or like, and now yeah. It's that. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I always laugh. I mean, like I, I really like going to the, the station in, in the Gulch, the, mm-hmm. the bluegrass place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. been there before, but, uh, that was one of the first places I visited when I, when I came to town and it's like, for people who don't know, it's like a, it's like this really old stone building, um, kind of like kind of a dive bar feel to it but just got amazing bluegrass music yeah. there but it's surrounded by all these like artisanal coffee shops yeah. and high-end yeah. restaurants yeah and all these because like, it's a relic kind of a of, yeah. of times past it's the thing that survived right. where everything else in that neighborhood has disappeared well yeah. quite honestly that area used to be just a big like a hole in the ground just a mud pit like there was nothing there oh wow, i didn't know that you know and uh and now it's like sort of like this 
LA kind of nightlife place. That's kind of that vibe. Yeah, yeah. And just funny to see this little like weird, yeah. like completely different than the entire rest of the yeah. the Gulch now, but it's just holding its own because yeah. it's, just, it's that that much quality music. Is, is Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's just what goes to when you have a, a truly legendary institution of music yeah. like that. Um, it just it survives in the community wants it you know mm-hmm. and it just it's it's kind of in a way it's sort of like everlasting you know sure. it's pretty cool I hope it sticks around it's just gonna like, build around it yeah like exactly artisanal yeah. donuts yeah, over yeah. here yeah <laughs> like totally 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 well cool i want to um um because we're, we're we're getting to the halfway mark and so okay. i want to be able to play more music but to set that up because i you know it'd be great for you to play your um some of the this project that you've been working on but to kind of shift the discussion a little bit towards um, your kind of like just your production, sure. Um, your approach to production, the I'd love to to hear your thoughts about because uh, the way you started off this podcast was great, kind of talking about more or less, um, more or less having the courage and the discipline and the foresight and whatever what have you, um, just the dedication to follow through on like you set your life towards this is what I want to do and you move to a different place and you set and you've making you made it happen you know mm-hmm. and you've you've set your sights on it's production that I want to do and a right. certain a certain I want to be involved in a certain area of production and not just you know like I want to make I want to make artistic records with artists and sure. and you've accomplished that you know and um and so I would really like the way that you spoke into that to to begin this podcast because that's a powerful message one that i like to highlight on this podcast to talk about sure um but um that you know kind of like take that a step further to talk about you know the essence of that where you are with your career and like how Mm -hmm. you approach production and like the essence of like you know what are um what's what's kind of your um yeah what do you how do you dive into that? How do you, the daily life of your production, like yeah. what's, what draws you in? What kind of projects do you find yourself working on? And what, what does it look like when you're, right. you know, when you're in a project and you know, why do you choose certain things and what, you know, that's a lot of questions. Yeah. Where do I start? So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm slowly starting to kind of develop my, my sound as, as a, a producer and, uh, it's it's hard though because I really enjoy working on so many different styles of, of music. I mean, I, I, very few people like pigeonhole themselves and mm-hmm. say, I just do alt rock. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I, I like working on everything, um, but I think the the main underlying theme is, is mostly pop, mo- mm-hmm. modern pop mm-hmm. music is, is kind of what I what I enjoy doing, and that could be either kind of pop dance stuff uh, or uh, being in Nashville, I do a lot of country country pop. Um, which is uh, before I moved to moved to town, I wasn't listening to that style of music, but I've definitely gr- it's grown on me. Um, and I, I just really enjoy melodic music uh, with good grooves and beats. Um, and I I think my main the way I focus on music is, is from a vocal perspective. Mm-hmm. So I've been singing since I was really young, and I feel like that's one thing I bring to the table that I feel like I, is my strong point mm-hmm. as, as someone who can do vocal coaching with people and can like rewrite vocal phrasing and vocal melodies um, and, and change, change things with people on the fly to make them fit better with the music. Uh, and then vocal tuning that doesn't uh, T-pain everything. Yeah, you know, sure. Being really like yeah. cognizant of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just in general though, my, my philosophy now is, is I've, I feel like I moved past the point where I want to work on anything that ever gets offered to me at any point now it's like at this point i'd rather i'd rather only work on projects that are 
exciting to me and then have to get a day job. And as funny as that yeah. sounds, like I don't, I wouldn't mind working part time, making some money on the side and then just being super excited to sure. work on music yeah. and not, cause I mean, over the years I've, I've worked on projects that like, you know, they were, they were okay, but I was kind of like, they weren't that exciting to me. And I feel like that's really damaging to your psyche when you're working mm-hmm. on stuff. Uh, because you kind of, if you're not super pumped to be, to be working on the project, you're not going to, you know, they say like practice makes perfect, mm-hmm. but if you're practicing, like just getting by making something sound good enough, that's what you're going to get really good at. You're going to mm-hmm. get good at being okay, yeah. you know? And so if you can make the only thing that you, when you sit down to work on music, you're going to write something that is just really exciting to you and is, you know, hopefully some of your best work. Like if you do that, then you're, I feel like your skills are going to get, get so much yeah. better and that you care about everything and you, and you realize everything's a representation of so yourself. How do you, for you, how do you define exciting? Like what is it that's like that lets you know, like this is exciting me. This is, um, this is it for me. Yeah, it's it's hard to to put into words. I think mm-hmm. um, just it's just something that really that that grabs you. Um, so so a lot of times people will send me songs that uh, that I'll be I'll be working on, and it's it's just an acoustic demo, and then I'm I'm charged with uh, putting all the instrumentation in there and re-recording vocals and that sort of thing. And in the beginning, you I would get a um, a vocal demo recorded on an iPhone or whatever. And I would just make something, whether or not I liked it or not, I would just try to recreate it the way, like just make it better, like re-record yeah. the instruments. Okay, okay, this just kind of like up the quality of it. Yeah, and and, and yeah. that's sometimes that's all you need to do as a producer, yeah. right? Um, but more recently, I um, I realized that like when someone hires you to do something uh, with their music, with their song, most of the time they're hiring you not just for your technical skills of recreating something, mm-hmm. but you, they're also hiring you for your ear and yeah. like your taste and your yeah. style. So yeah. like. I try to when someone gives me a project to work on, I, I'm trying to you know elevate it uh, and and maybe even you know depending on the project, maybe rewrite it with them uh, to yeah. get it to where to, to where like when we're playing it, we're like excited and we're like wow, that's that's really cool. That's something like really exciting. I can always tell like when we're working on a project, especially if there's other people in the room working on it with me, like that we all start doing that like uh-huh. you know that yeah. groove. Uh, yeah. No one can see me right now, yeah. but I'm like moving yeah. my body yeah. like yeah. in like a like a grooving. Yeah, way. when you start involuntary, like your body starts like grooving. Yeah, and yeah. like something about that, you just feels right, you know. And if you can get it to that point, that's great. Um, and and get to the vocals where they really just you feel something. Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe you can't put it into words, but like. Like you, you know what I mean when you're when you're comping vocals and you're going through takes and you're like okay that's that's a little pitchy or that one has some mouth noise or whatever and then you find one and it's like oh that's that's something about that just vibes yeah. and sounds awesome. Well, you know, and it's funny because sometimes, quite often actually, um, I when I'm going through the takes, mm-hmm. the quote air quotes here perfect one is not the one that I choose. Sure, right. The one that might be a little bit pitchy mm-hmm. or there, you know, sometimes it's just like there was this thing. I don't know what happened. It was something that happened with your voice box and how like the inflection on the like diaphragm of the microphone yeah. sort of like distorted the electronics just ever so subtly yeah. a certain way. And yeah, there's a little bit of mouth noise or something. But I mean, you know, and, and a lot of times it's like the only reason that you even hear that mouth noise is because you're like. You're going over the same sort of phrase over and over and sure, over again and listening sure. to like, you know, five different options yeah. for it. And like, and then you're like, it becomes like, oh my God, like I can hear this, 
mouth noise, right? But but your brain's so tuned to that yeah. one little spot, and I've, I've you know, and you have to. I've I've been able to sort of train myself to go. You know what? When I make this decision, we do it, and like this record comes out, and then I go back and listen to this six months from now, I won't even remember like that stuff. Sure. Like you sure. know, so yeah. Oftentimes, well, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because it's really current to what I'm working on now with this record that I'm wrapping up with uh, an artist, Maggie Delone, and uh, we recorded vocals on a couple of her songs, um, and we ended up re-recording them because they were they turned out a little bit too perfect, and and that's that that was my mistake because I'm I'm used to working in more of like pop with radio friendly type of stuff Mm -hmm. where you go through and everything has to be polished and and Mm -hmm. clean and and so this is a a little more of an indie vibe and um we're going for more of that raw organic feel so we we ended up re-recording as more like full live takes Mm -hmm. all the way through the songs and like little touch-ups here and there between between the takes but um just the the feel and the 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 vibe of them is just so much so different and in such a good way and it builds Mm -hmm. it builds momentum up throughout the song cool and you can kind of tell when when someone uh, is recording has recorded the same thing like a million times, yeah. And just that one word or just that one phrase, and it just it might not fit into the whole uh, song as well when you, when you do it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it depends. It definitely depends on what you're working on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're working in some cases, it does need to sound really polished and clean. Mm-hmm. In some cases, uh, it can sound raw. And then then what you're talking about sounds like you can pick your spots, right? Like yeah. sometimes. It's something about it, the way they sang this sounds, it's not maybe right or perfect, but it just, it's right for the song. Yeah. Um, and if you can find those, those spots to put those, put those little imperfections in that, that add character. Yeah. I think that's the, and that's sometimes, the trick sometimes the trick in that is telling the vocalist it's okay. Like, yeah. trust me, trust me. All right, you modern recordists. I hope you enjoyed listening to the first half of episode five with producer, engineer, songwriter, and my personal friend, Ben Bishop. Whether this was the first time you listened to that episode or if you've heard it before, I hope uh, plenty of new ideas landed for you. Again, to catch the entire episode, jump over to my blog at johnstenson.com slash blog. Remember, there's no H in John. Search for Ben Bishop. And uh, episode five will be at the top of your results. Or you can find it in uh, your podcast app or iTunes feed. Make sure you check out Ben on Facebook at Ben Bishop Music to follow all that he has going on and what he's working on and to get in touch. And once again, do make sure you get subscribed and stay subscribed to The Modern Recordist by one, either going to my website and putting your email in the form on the front page where I'll make sure that you never miss an episode and I'll give you more stuff on recording and mixing and producing and all that stuff. Uh, Or going to iTunes, searching for The Modern Recordist and clicking or tapping the subscribe button there. Make sure that you leave a rating and review. That's really going to help us a ton. It's going to help us continue to bring on great guests and produce great content, and it's going to let other people know the value that you're getting out of the show. It's going to help generally promote the show. And speaking of promoting the show, go ahead and share this podcast with your friends. If you're getting something out of The Modern Recordist, you know some musician friends or engineer friends, and people in the creative space that would also get something out of it, uh, do them a favor and us a favor and share this with them. You can drop a link in an email or a text message or some kind of social media post. Super easy, and that gets the word out about this show. All right, thank you for listening, and there's going to be more reruns for you next week. And in the meantime, 
Go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.